If your skin doesn't know whether to break out or wrinkle, if you're caught between planning the third grade class party and researching retirement plans, or if you want to work out but the idea of CrossFit makes your 40-something knees ache, you've come to the right place. Welcome to This Unmillennial Life. I'm your host, Reagan Jones, and welcome to today's show. I feel like the term self-care is a little bit overdone these days. I'm not going to necessarily blame millennials for this, but I do think in this modern day environment, we hear the term self-care a lot, but there's really not a lot of explanation about truly what the science says around self-care and what different areas and aspects of our life are we talking about? Self-care is really not just going and getting a massage or getting a pedicure, although I am always up for either one of those. Today's guest is actually going to talk through the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional parts of self-care, how it is important to be intentional and mindful about it, and then it really walk through the importance of setting boundaries and being able to make self-care a priority. My guest for today, is Julie Jones. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while or listened to the very popular eyelashes episode from season one, you'll recognize Julie. She was in that episode. She is a longtime friend of mine. Julie and I grew up together. And while we have lived apart for many years, we still stay in touch. And I find the information that she shares online to be very inspirational and frankly, quite helpful. A little bit of background about Julie. She doesn't share this in the episode. But I'm going to share it about her. She actually has a really diverse background. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in music and a Master of Arts degree in communication. She specialized in advertising and public relations when she graduated from the University of Alabama and a Master of Music degree in voice performance from the University of Texas at Austin. You're not going to hear Julie talk about her vocal ability, but she truly is one of the most beautiful singers I have ever known in my life. And that is just a little side note to give you a little taste of Julie outside of what she does today. Today, she is actually a certified personal trainer, a certified yoga instructor, and a corporate wellness manager. She'll talk throughout the episode about some of her corporate wellness opportunities and some of the fun things that she's doing with her online brand, Training and Champagning. But I will leave you with this, Julie's philosophy that she shared with me. Smile, breathe, and take on your next challenge with confidence, whether it's in the gym, the yoga studio, or in your everyday life. And you'll hear me talk at the end of this episode about how important that mentality and Julie specifically have been in my own fitness journey. And now I'm realizing in my self-care as well. So with that, let me introduce you to Julie. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Reagan. I'm super excited to be here. For listeners who have listened to season one, I believe we're on one of the very first episodes. I believe you joined me for the eyelashes episode. Do you remember that all the way back then? I did. I I was on your eyelash episode and I still, um, I'm not affiliated with Rodan and Field, (laughs) so I can say this, but I still use it and I still get comments on my lashes. I have told people about your clip-on lashes as well, Um, your magnetic lashes. I have several clients who've tried to do the... um, the lash extensions and um and I was like, well maybe you want to try the clip-ons. Uh-huh. I've heard 
was about those. So there have been a lot of topics covered since then, but that still, <laughs> I believe, is the most heavily downloaded episode of the podcast. One of the first ones, but uh, I still get tons of questions about the magnetic eyelashes and my mascara and lots of things from that show. So thank you for being a part of it. And thank you for reaching out to me about the topic we're going to talk about today, which is self-care. I know that maybe seven, eight years ago, especially when my children were much, much younger, and I first started hearing people talk about self-care, I kind of felt like that was a term that did not have any relevance to my life because self-care pretty much meant being able to actually take a shower. But at the point that I'm at at today and uh, just all the things that I have learned and things that have changed in my life and things that I've become aware about for myself, I do truly appreciate what an important topic this is. And I'm hopeful that the people that are listening today will see that importance as well as we talk. So one of the things that I wanted you to do so that people could get to know you just a little bit better in terms of this topic is give a little bit of background, Julie, on who you are, what you do, and how you got interested in this topic of self-care. Well, first of all, I'm a, I'm, I have a family. I'm a, a wife and a mom. I have a son who is 13, almost 14. So like you, I have come out of the phase of um, just needing to have five minutes to take a shower and finally have a little more time to kind of focus on some of these, um, items. But, um, I didn't start out in this field, but I am now a certified personal trainer, a certified yoga instructor. Um, I do a lot of work in corporate fitness and wellness programming, um, here around the Metro Atlanta area and started a company doing wellness retreats in the last year. But previously in a former life, I, you know, I was, had a corporate job as well. So I feel like that background has really made me really appreciate what I do now. And I feel like I can really speak to some of the challenges that people who work in what I would say is like more of a normal, like a desk job or in an office environment, some of the challenges that they face in making sure that they are staying active and and doing things that, that they need and enjoy in their lives. And if those people are listening today or they're in the predicament that I found myself in a few years ago where I thought self-care just sounds like one more thing that I have to do and I don't want anything else that I have to do, let's dispel some of the myths about what we're talking about when it comes to to self-care and how it's not as much an obligation as it is something that's really a requirement for your for you overall to be able to uh, function in your day to day in ways that you really never even imagined. Yeah, it's really important, actually. And as I started to kind of research this topic, you know, the things that come up over and over again, um, originally, when people started to do research on self care, a lot of the audience that they were targeting a lot of the audience that they were researching were people who were caregivers. And um, so you know, you see a high rate of burnout. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually believe you did a show Mm -hmm. on caring for Aging parents, yeah. Aging parents. And so people are that are in that position. And so, 
you know, I think what we've found is that it's not just those people are at the high, high, high risk for burnout issues. And, and they really must have some self-care routine to keep themselves healthy and uh, and not start to have issues themselves. But it also translates to all of us because we are so busy. And I will just tell you, you know, whether it's a client that I work with who is a corporate client who has a big job and a family and is trying to juggle everything, or whether it's someone who works in their home, um, everyone is facing the same stresses. <laughs> I mean, they really are. And it, especially in terms of women, I think we no matter who I talk to, whether they stay at home and work in their home and make working at their children's school is their, you know, doing volunteer work, if, the, if that's their primary focus, um, or if it's someone who is working in a corporate job, that struggle of trying to find some sort of balance between home and work is, is something that I hear about all the time. And so I think what happens then is that we feel like taking care of ourselves when we're trying to do all of these other things. We have corp our company obligations. We have our family obligations. Taking, thinking about taking time to do something for yourself almost feels selfish. Right. And so that's one of the common themes that we see when we start to look at self-care is that people think, oh, well, that's, that's, I can't take time to do something for me. That's just, that's, that's selfish. Mm -hmm. But what truly happens is that you, we have to take time to do things for ourselves to build resiliency. And that is something that if you start to read, if you do a little research, if you, you know, click on some articles on self-care, you'll see over and over again, is that self-care is important to being a resilient person. Mm -hmm. And so it's also really important to our self-worth. So being able to say that your needs are important too, it is actually, it's really important to your confidence and knowing your, your worth. And it's important to remind both yourself and those around you that your needs are important too. You, you know, you're not the you're not, you don't always have to be a low man on the totem pole. So that doesn't mean you're selfish. It just means that, you know, you have to take some time to take care of yourself as well. You know, if you are feeling depleted and like you have no energy and um, like you never have time to do anything for yourself, how can you be able to give your all to everyone around you that, that needs you? We have to know how to set boundaries too. And we have to know when to say no. That's one of the tactics that also comes up over and over again when you look and see um, on how to deal with self-care. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that comes up over again, actually one of the ones that made me giggle a little bit when I first read it was create a no list. So basically like if you're trying to come up with, with your own, like what's important to you in terms of self-care, mm -hmm making a list, like writing a list of all the things that you don't want to do is actually pretty important. And, um, and it's kind of funny when you, I think it's funny to think about, but, um, that's, that's, that's boundaries. That's, that's like showing what you don't want to do and saying what you don't want to do. But what it also does is it tells you what's important to yourself. So on the flip side of that, it's not about always saying no, but it's looking at, okay, these are the things that I'm going to say no to, but then, what's the opposite of that? What am I going to say yes to? Right. 
And I think those are the really are the things that we need to think about in terms of what are we going to do for self-care so that it doesn't feel like just another thing that you're going to add to your to-do list because then it becomes overwhelming and it becomes something that's not fun. And it's not, it's, it is not self-care if you're like, I have to go and fit in time for me to get a manicure. I mean, that is not doing anything to help yourself if you're stressed about finding time to go and do something like that. So if we focus on the things that um, are enjoyable to us and we figure out, you know, what, what, what's really important to us, and that might be different for me um, than it is for you, than it is for um, a lot of other people out there. But we have to figure out what's important to us. And that'll help us kind of figure out where we need to start in terms of, of looking at where we get the biggest benefit from the time that we spend doing something that's important to us. I love that you've addressed boundaries, but I know that you also have, I think you've told me five other areas that are good for people to look at in terms of self-care. So again, keeping in mind that this is not about adding to your list. It's about maybe considering things that can come off as no's in your life and things that could get added as yeses. Julie, walk us through what those five areas are that people need to be thinking about. Okay, so there really are, there There seem to be five categories that pop up over and over again. And so when we're thinking about ways to take care of ourselves, we want to think physical, mental, spiritual, social, emotional. So those are the five areas that we're going to look at and make sure that we are trying to take care of ourselves in those five ways. And it may not be, you're not going to maybe do all of those things every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, It'd be great if we could, but we're going to think about it in, in those five ways. So the physical, it can be anything from our sleep to our diet, to exercise, to our overall health. So, and when I say overall health, I mean, you know, we have a tendency to put off doctor's checkups, things like that that's also important. And you can think of that as self-care. I think one thing I haven't said yet, and Reagan, I think it's really important that people know is that when you are figuring out what you're going to do for self-care, you you do need to be conscious and mindful about what it is that you're doing as self-care. So if you are doing something and then later realize, oh, that was self-care. Okay, so that's that's wonderful. And you can know that going forward, that's something that is a great little self-care item for you. But if you if you don't do it in a mindful way from the beginning, you don't get the greatest impact. Hmm, for interesting. So um so anyway, back to those five things. Physical Sleep is one that comes up. It's on every single list I've looked at. And I know you've done a podcast about that. It's something a lot of us have issues with um, in terms of just making sure that we get enough sleep, that we have quality sleep. But over and over and over again, whether it's 
on self-care or whether it's on your brain and just keeping a healthy brain and a healthy body in general. Sleep is super important. Diet is really important in terms of making sure that you're fueling your body with things that are nutritious. Um, one list that I saw actually had an item that was specific to gut health. And that of course piqued my interest because it's of interest to me. But, um, but knowing that what you're eating is, um, is, is doing something good for your body. Being mindful about that, I think is really important. Exercise you know, of course I am partial to this because it is my job. It is what I do every day is try to help people be healthier and make sure that they're getting in their workouts and they're doing some exercise that they enjoy. But exercise is super duper important to, um, to having that self, to, to being a part of self-care. It's one of the most mentioned items when people talk about self-care. And when we say exercise, I don't necessarily mean going to the gym. Mm -hmm. It might be getting outside, taking a walk. The important thing I think is to find something that's active that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and do that. And if you can get outside while you're doing that, all the better. And, um, and then we also mentioned like the, the, your health, just taking care of your health, making sure you're getting your checkups as far as mental goes, mental stimulation, learning, being a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. I took a seminar not too long ago about exercise in the brain. And that was one of the things that came up in that seminar. So finding things that you enjoy that can keep you continuing to learn as well. And then the mental part of it too is self-compassion. So it's it, that is a lot of what we've already talked about, that your needs are important too. And, um, and having compassion for yourself and not beating yourself up over things that you don't necessarily have control over yeah. or not having time to do every single thing. Mm-hmm. The spiritual part of it can be more traditional religion if, that's, if that tends to be what is important and what feeds you spiritually. It can be things that involve a deeper connection to the universe. So whether we're talking about getting out in nature, that may be, that's going to feed your physical self as well as your spiritual self. Social, this one is super important to me. It really depends, I think, on your personality mm-hmm. and um, and whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and, and what you get. But knowing that having that time with your friends, especially face-to-face time with people that you enjoy is really important. And so it's important to, I think most people, but even more so if you're, if you don't feel like you're getting that, then that's something definitely, I think that people would, would find some benefit in focusing on, and it could be a way to get some of your other items, right? So it's a way to connect, um, with people while also doing something physical or, you know, if you're doing a puzzle or playing a game, that's also challenging you or stimulating you mentally. Um, and then the last one, emotional, is that self-care is going to help you build coping skills for things like anger, anxiety, sadness, depression, and also that, you know, setting boundaries probably falls into that category as well. So those are our five that you really kind of want to think about. And again, it's not to be overwhelming, but you're going to maybe choose one that seems like whatever that, you know, people love to say the low hanging fruit, like what is the low hanging fruit? What's the thing that seems like it's, it's the most, um, appealing to you and maybe try to do something that surrounds that 
take a little bit of time and go do something that surrounds that and, um, and see how you feel afterwards. That was one of the other things that I, that I've read in one of the suggestions that I saw, um, the same therapist that, that basically said that you have to be mindful and conscious that you, what you are doing is self-care. She also recommended writing those things down in a journal, um, and, and, and reminding yourself how you felt when you were doing it. So is it something that you really enjoyed or is it kind of like, eh, you know, maybe I'll find something else. Those are our, our five physical, mental, spiritual, social, emotional. You know, what's ironic for me, and I don't know if others feel the same way, is I feel like there are areas within one or two of these that I am crushing it. I am all about my self-care going to the gym. I'm all about my self-care, you know, taking my supplements or, you know, doing my whatever it is, healthy eating that I'm particularly doing. And I'm doing it mindfully. I mean, I, for instance, um, take a spoonful of of cod liver oil. And that may sound disgusting and gross to a lot of people. The variety that I take actually tastes good. And but I think, you know, when I when I'm doing it, I'm not doing it because like, oh, that's fun. I'm doing it because like, I know that that omega three fatty acid content is like super good for my brain. And you know, all of the reasons that a dietitian would do something like that. So I am mindful of it. However, when I get to things like social um, and emotional, And when I think back to like the boundary setting that we talked about, when we talked, when you mentioned not being so hard on yourself at this point in the season, people have listened to the Enneagram episode and know that I am an Enneagram one. So I have a very loud internal critic and being able to silence that internal critic is a part of self-care that I never really even thought about. I'd never, you know, I, I think about things like going to the gym and, eating right. I think about those. I never think about the things, some of these things that we've touched on in the more emotional realm and certainly not in the social realm. I think that's really good that you pulled that out because we are in times now where it's very easy to stay home and not socialize and not be with other humans. Um, and I, I just, it's, it's kind of enlightening to me to hear that and think that that is really, truly a form of self-care. It is not being selfish to say to your family, hey, I want to have a night out with my girlfriends or I want to go shopping with my girlfriends today or whatever activity it is that you like to do. That's not selfish when it's done from the standpoint of I need that social connection. Being in the industry that I'm in, the the physical and um you know, the diet, the exercise, that part of it is, I felt the same way, like, man, I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm doing really well on that. Um, but then when you get to some of the others, it, it does become more difficult. Um, and they're a little more subjective, I think. But the social aspect of it is really important from a self-care level, yes, but also from a brain health level. It's really important to, to be be social. Um, and I don't mean you always have to say yes and go to everything that you get invited to do, but I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that taking time to be with people that you enjoy, Mm -hmm. people who make you laugh, people who, um, you can really talk to, you know, that that's feeding you emotionally, spiritually, and socially. I mean, cause you're, you're, if you're able to, you know, connect with a friend, and actually spend some time with that person. I mean, phone and technology and all that is great. 
But when it comes down to it, it's still not the same as being in the same space mm-hmm. with someone. And so it, it's super important and it's not selfish. Maybe it would be selfish if you ditched your family every single night and went out <laughs> with your friends, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. I mean, you know, that's, that's not what we're talking about. One I, of the things before we begin to wrap up that I want you to talk about briefly is the business that you mentioned at the very beginning that you started as a result of kind of in learning more about the importance of self-care for um, especially the clients and the people that you work with, you have retreats that you do now that are totally devoted on self-care. Tell us a little bit about that. So I kept hearing from clients, you know, they would come back from vacation and they would still be tired. They would feel like they needed a vacation from their vacation. Um, We all know that sometimes a great girls weekend, while it's a lot of fun, you don't necessarily come back feeling well rested. And so uh, I can speak from personal experience on that one. And so I started to think about, you know, what do people, people need a weekend away. They need some time away, but I wanted to make sure that it was accessible um, to the vast majority of my clients. So um, while a week away at an amazing spa is, would be wonderful. That's typically not accessible to most people from either a financial standpoint or from a time standpoint. So when I started thinking about this, I was like, I want it to be time away where people can take two or three days um, and they have, they don't have to worry about anything. Everything is basically planned for them from the meals that are planned to be both healthy and delicious to there are um, workouts and yoga classes that are included. There's always some kind of fun activity. And then you also get that connection. So, you know, I try to choose places that have some, uh, you know, there's got to be some connection to nature as well. And, uh, and so that's really how I started this business was thinking about what people need to truly have a getaway where they feel back, where they come back feeling refreshed mm-hmm. and recharged and ready to be an active participant in their life, not just feeling like they're going through the motions every day. And, you know, if you're, if we're starting to feel that way, that's when we really know we need to figure out something, whether it's a weekend away or it's just taking an hour to do something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And so I did my first one last summer and I've done four, three since then. I've done four total. And then our fall retreat is actually already sold out um, and have 2020 retreats available as well. So, so yeah, I mean, that's how it started. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. And, uh, you know, the feedback has been really good that people feel like they finally have been able to just kind of get away and recharge and they feel great when they come back and hopefully they learn a little bit and, you know, you build a little bitty, a little tiny community as well, um, with the people that, that you go with. And that has been nice for me to see. I I'm someone who I love, making connections, um, with people and for people. And so to see how people who've come on this retreat on these retreats 
have then gone on to become friends or have been able to help each other business wise. That's also made me very happy. And you guys go to some pretty cool locations. Tell us about where you're heading next. In January, we're going to be doing a trip to Jamaica. So I pulled um, kind of my online people and said, all right, if you're going anywhere in in January, where would it where would you want to go? And the overwhelming response was somewhere warm. (laughs) Um, And I could not agree more. I am most definitely a Southern girl. I do not like to be cold. And so um, while right now when things have been crazy hot um, here in the South, it's nice to think about a little bit cooler weather. I know by the time January rolls around, I will be looking forward to an 80 degree weekend. Um, So funny because so many people that are listening to this podcast are thinking, gosh, I would just like to be in Atlanta as warm as it is in January compared to (laughs) what it is up in the Northeast. But yes, I think we can all agree that toes in the sand, no matter where you're, where you're currently at is probably a a wonderful weekend. Julie, before we um, wrap up, I want to make sure that people know how they can find out about the retreats, sign up to be notified or connect with you online. Let people know how to find you. My website is trainingandchampaigning.com. So you can hopefully gather from that domain that we definitely want to live both a fit and fun lifestyle, that it's not all about just uh, exercise all the time, but we we definitely have a little bit of fun um, while we're there. So trainingandchampaigning.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook um, with the same at training and champagning on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can sign up for my newsletters on my website. And my contact information is there as well. Feel free to email me or give me a call. And I so. hope people will connect with you, even if the retreats are not something that you think that you're going to be able to fit into your your schedule. Follow Julie for so much of her good exercise uh, advice and inspiration. I may have said this when you had when I had you on for eyelashes, but it's worth repeating. The commitment that I have to being fit after 40 today is due in large part to Julie's inspiration many years ago and her encouragement and her instruction when she just happened to see that I was running. um, I think I was using an, an app back then that posted on Facebook how many miles I had run that day. And all I was doing was maybe like, you know, a couple of miles. And Julie reached out to me and said, you know, have you ever thought about training for a half marathon? And at that point in my life, I really considered myself a a sort of an unfit person who was trying to work on fitness just a little bit, but not a whole lot. And she absolutely believed in me and said, if you can do three miles, you can do four. If you can do four, you can do five. If you can do five, you can do six. And if you can do six, you can do a half marathon. I, I believed her. I did it. And I have never looked back. I have had so much confidence to try new things and to realize that no matter who I was in the 40 years leading up to that moment, that the person that I am moving forward is someone who's dedicated to fitness. So Julie, I just wanted to share that with everybody and, and say again to you a very big thank you because it's made a huge difference in my life and probably the lives of people around me because Reagan, as someone who exercises and does self care through fitness is a much kinder, nicer person (laughs) than the Reagan who didn't. So thank you so much, Julie. 
Well, thank you. No, thank you. I really appreciate that. And that means a lot to me. And um, yeah, we're all nicer people when we get in a little exercise. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Okay, that wraps up my interview with Julie. I'm going to go to a quick commercial break. After the break, I'll be back for the odds and ends ending of today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Therabox. As luck would have it, as I was preparing this episode, the kind folks at myfairbox.com reached out to share with me their self-care subscription box. This is such a fun item that I wanted to let you guys know about. And since I received a free sample, I can honestly say it was something I was so impressed with. Therabox is a therapist curated box of what they say is happiness filled with joyful ingredients delivered straight to your door. From their website, they describe their one mission that they have in mind with each Therabox that they send out. They want to inspire happier lives through practical joy boosting activities and thoughtful self-care products. Each box is curated by therapists and includes a happiness activity inspired by neuroscience and positive psychology research in addition to full-sized wellness items for the mind, body, and soul. Therabox has been featured on media sites including NBC News, Forbes, Pop Sugar, ABC News, Good Morning America, and more. If you are interested in looking into a subscription for your own Therabox, simply go to mytherabox.com and sign up there. Welcome back. Now to wrap up today's odds and end ending of the show, I want to revisit a topic that is always popular here on the podcast and in the This Millennial Life Facebook group. And that's my favorite binge watching topic of if I had a VCR, I'd tape this. If you're in the This Millennial Life Facebook group or you follow me on Instagram, you may have noticed that I did a little binging self-care on my own this summer. After going through a number of different binge watching episodes of various programs that I've talked about here on the show, I finally decided this summer to watch Game of Thrones. Now, I know that that is a program that can be divisive. There are people who have been watching it from the beginning or almost the beginning and have loved it and can't imagine that any of us out here didn't want to watch it. It frankly didn't sound appealing to me at all, but I was in a complete and total rut on what to watch this summer. And my stylist, who happens to be one of the best Netflix slash Amazon Prime recommenders in my life, said to me, give it seven episodes. If you give it seven episodes, I promise you are going to be hooked. So I did. As a matter of fact, my husband and I started watching it together. He got about three episodes in and he was out. But I said, I have committed to Jennifer that I'm going to stay in for seven episodes. And I feel like if the majority of the world can love a program this much, I at least owe it to myself to give it a good go and see if I can enjoy it. And I am here to tell you, she was right. I honestly don't think that there's ever been a program that I liked any more than I liked Game of Thrones. As a matter of fact, I am currently on a rewatch of the whole entire season because I watched all eight seasons in a three-week time period. I know it's crazy. 
It was technically a four-week time period, but I did take one week off to go on vacation with my family and not take time away to sit in the hotel room and simply binge watch Game of Thrones. But I watched it so fast and so furiously and just devoured every episode. I felt like I needed to go back and catch so much of what I missed. When you are watching a show that is so meaty with character development and different plot lines and different character connections, it's really hard to catch all of it. So I am now in season five of the full rewatch. Why am I telling you all of this? Because I'm giving you a heads up that there may be a Game of Thrones episode coming up in the future. And if I do an episode in the future, it will be from the standpoint of people who have watched the show. It's virtually impossible to talk about Game of Thrones with any significance and not give away so many spoilers. The show is ripe with shock value that I absolutely adored. It is, I will say, if you don't know already, also full of some extremely mature themes, some that leave me with a huge level of discomfort, even watching them the second time. But the character development is so strong. The characters are so compelling. The storyline is so complex. And as I said, the shock value is so high that I really enjoyed this. So I'm giving you a heads up that if you have tried it, didn't like it, but you didn't hang in for about seven episodes, this is your chance to restart again and give it a try at my recommendation that I think it is absolutely worth it. If you are seemingly turned off by the notion of fantasy and dragons and things that you've heard about in the show, don't let that stop you. That is truly not, especially in the first few seasons, in my opinion, the meat of the story. It's so much more about the complex relationships and the climb to power that so many people are seeking in this imaginary world of Westeros. So be aware that if you are a Game of Thrones fan, I am one as well now. I am planning probably an episode in the future. If you want to be a part of that or you want to give me your feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can always do that at thisunmillennialife.com or reach out to me, Reagan, at thisunmillennialife.com. So if you're a fan, I would love to hear from you and we can commiserate about our favorite characters, our least favorite characters, the storylines we loved, what we liked about the ending, what we didn't like. But most importantly, if you've never watched it, think it's not your cup of tea or tried it and decided, "Mm, I don't know, I gave it a few episodes. Let me ask you to give it a try again, because I would love for you to experience how wonderful I thought the entire story was with me. I am also reading the books now. I'm that much of a fan. So with that, I will not bore you anymore with my addiction to Game of Thrones. You will get to see that maybe in your podcast app for an episode in the future. And with that, I will wrap up today's episode. And as always, thank you for listening, subscribing, and downloading. Thank you also to all of you who have taken the opportunity to open up your Apple Podcasts app if you're listening to this episode on your iPhone and given this a millennial life a five-star review. I sincerely appreciate that. Thanks to all of you who have both joined the This A Millennial Life Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash This A Millennial Life and those of you who have added friends in that group. That 
is one of the things I love to see. It's great when people discover the podcast and join up, but it's also wonderful to see when friends are like, hey, you're going to love this podcast and this community that is filled with women who are unapologetically unmillennial. I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Take care.